Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and it's great to have your company. I wonder if you managed to catch James Jeffrey's article on the Camino on CNN last month. Google it, James Jeffrey Camino. He delves into the culture and mystique of the ancient pilgrimage. I really enjoyed it. And he says, you know, sometimes you simply have to go with the flow. As he says in the article, humans have always been pilgrims on a long arc of travel, journeying through life, the world and history. Often this trend has been driven by the more practical aspects of finding adequate food and shelter. But it is also typically underpinned by a search for meaning and a more fulfilling mode of existence. I couldn't agree more with what James Jeffrey writes there. I've walked three Caminos and I can't wait to go back for more. It has a certain pull. It calls you and the call is getting louder. No matter how far you walk or who you walk with, you're bound to have some sort of revelatory experience and it's that freedom that is so inspiring. As James Jeffrey writes, a search for a spiritual element may well be a factor in setting out, but so are more ordinary desires for inspiring meetings with strangers and uplifting encounters with nature and beauty. I have so many friends via my Camino pilgrimages, people I communicate with regularly, people I talk to more often than I talk to old friends. And there's an old quote, I don't think it's attributed to anyone in particular. It says that friendship is so weird, you just pick a human you've met and you're like, yep, I like this one. And you just do stuff with them. I want to take you back to the American Pilgrims on the Camino annual gathering in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, 2020. The world was just days away from a pandemic. It was March. I was standing outside the main hall trying to get my wife on the phone. And a gentleman approached me, reached out his hand and shook mine and said, I'm Carl Sticklemeyer from Pennsylvania. And I was delighted to meet Carl as he'd written to me to tell me he enjoyed the podcast. I'd made my way to Lake Tahoe with a fellow pilgrim, Brian Danker, who very kindly offered to pick me up in California and drive me east to Nevada. I was still trying to call my wife when we made our way down to the lake's edge. And I was getting a bit frustrated because I couldn't quite hear her. See, Carl and Brian had taken a seat on the bench overlooking the lake. And they learned pretty quickly that they were both Vietnam veterans and both pilgrims. Both loved telling and hearing stories and both loved to have a crack at one another. So from that day on, they remained firm friends, and I loved to think I somehow played a small role in bringing them together. They even travelled all the way up to Canada to see my show in London, Ontario, late last year. Well, they decided to walk the Camino Primitivo together in April this year, and I was really looking forward to talking to them, but then I lost my voice. So as soon as I got my voice back, I jumped at the chance to chat to them. Now, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. I'm going to talk to Carl first, and then Brian, and then both of them together. So, let's start with Carl Sticklemeyer from Pennsylvania. Welcome, Pilgrim. Well, hello, Dan, and uh, from the Camino family, uh, we just welcome you back, and it's uh, great to hear your voice again, and um, just great to be uh, on a podcast again. This is my second one. And it's really an honor to be uh, interviewed by uh, a guy we love dearly. Oh, thank you so much. It's so kind. Okay. Well, how was it? How was the Camino Privativo? Well, it was something different that I uh, I expected but didn't expect. Of course, uh, I got on the YouTube and started watching. And I, after watching uh, so many youtube videos i almost thought that i did walk it so <laughs> i did kind of, yeah i know and i did have uh, some ideas about the towns and some of the stages we were going to tackle but the one place that i wanted to do the most was the hospitala route and that's about uh, the fourth or fifth day and it was something that uh, i will remember and cherish with all of my uh, camino walks uh, this was my fifth one and that day there was probably the hardest day, not only on the Camino, but one of the hardest days of my life. Uh, going up to the summit, which was about 1,200 meters, we got into some 40-mile-an-hour winds, and walking up, uh, you had to walk kind of tilted a little bit. If you stood erect, I think the wind would have taken you down with your backpack. But uh, once you got to the summit, uh, the trails were tough, a lot of stones, a lot of uh, 
boulders onto pathways. You get to the top is where we took a break, and there was the wild ponies with their uh, young babies and all that. It was really rewarding. And then you trek down. And uh, my thoughts were, after a few days or a few weeks, I thought that if anybody did the Hospitala route, they deserved a Compostela just for that day. And uh, it was just an amazing accomplishment. And I'm proud to be uh, able to have said I finished it. Yeah, how fantastic. Where did you start, Carl? We started in Oviedo. Uh, right. we, uh, landed in, we landed in Madrid, Brian and I, and then we got together. And we took a train uh, from uh, Madrid up to Oviedo, which was kind of a long ride. It might have been five, five and a half, six hours. We arrived in Oviedo maybe 7 or 7.30 or so, and I had made uh, reservations with uh, a close friend that got me there to uh, reservations for the first night. I knew we was getting in late, so I didn't want to play around. And then I made reservations the following day in Grotto, which was going to be where we finished our first days. And after that, uh, uh, we were uh, lucky enough to meet a a couple from Portugal that we kind of uh, became, they became our Camino angels mm. and being, they could speak and everything. They did uh, the reservations and that, which there weren't many places to make reservations. When you started at a, the next stop was B. Uh, there wasn't no in-betweens a lot on the, the Primitivo, which mm. was fine, which was fine. How far did you walk each day? Well, uh, the, the whole route was three twenty, and, uh, they said we did it in 13, but I thought that since we got to Santiago at noon or so, I'd, I'd like to say we did it in 12 and a half days. So uh, it was probably 20. Some days were more than 20. Some days were 18. But because of the elevations, the ups and the downs, it felt like a 30-kilometer uh, or 35-kilometer day on the Francais. But it was just uh, shorter stages. But the ups and downs, most of the towns were in valleys, so – when you left in the morning, you had to go up out of that valley again and work your way down again to the next stop. It was uh, very more grueling than I thought, and it was more mental, uh, this Camino, where uh, it was mentally, physically, and spiritually, but you had to have the mental drive to keep the physical drive going, and then you was rewarded in the evening when you went to Mass. But uh, it was definitely uh, uh, my favorite and my best Camino of all times, of all my five Caminos. Wow. Do you know the the origins of the Primitivo? Why is it called the Primitivo, Carl? Do you know the background, the story? Well, I can just give you a quick uh, something about it. When, when they first found the bones of uh, St. James around uh, 800 uh, AD or so, it was uh, years later, and I couldn't tell you, well, it might have been 200 years later, somewhere around there, uh, that Alfonso, King Alfonso, I don't know if he was the first or second or third, but he had found out about it uh, through some uh, religious organizations, and he wanted to uh, travel and then find out if these were the bones. So that's the route he took was, of course, it wasn't called anything then, but the route he took was to Primitivo, uh, leaving out of Oviedo, and then ended up in uh, uh, Santiago. Uh, oh. So that's it was, it was the very first one. And a lot of times they say uh, that it ends in uh, uh, Melide, where it links up where the Francais meets the Primitivo. The, the Primitivo doesn't meet the Francais, being that it was there first. But uh, when you get to Lugo, uh, it's 100K from there to Santiago. So if you start at Lugo to get your 100K in, but of course, uh, we started Oviedo. We did the whole route uh, to 320. And it, like I said, I everybody said we did in 13, but I like to say 12 and a half. But, How fantastic. Uh, How fantastic. Why did you choose the Primitivo, Carl? Uh, <laughs> do you really want to know, Dan? <laughs> well, it was, uh, I, I did the Francais a, a couple times in two bunches, and I did the Portuguese, and then I did some. Uh, the Camino I walked from Spire to Hornbach and, uh, uh, in Germany. And uh, I just had a desire to, to do the Primitivo. And, and it was kind of edged on by a friend we knew that why don't we do the Primitivo? And so that's what we did. Fantastic. You have a very deep faith and love for Jesus Christ. It's a huge part of your life. Were you able to practice 
that faith easily on the Primitivo? Well, I'm, gr- I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because uh, this after I finished this Camino that gave me a thousand miles of Caminos, and this 200 mile is what it is from Oviedo to Santiago, I was able to go to Mass out of the 12 and a half days, probably eight or nine times evening Mass, and it was more uh, religious, in my opinion, these are all my opinions for you people out there listening. It's nothing set in stone. And I was able to get to mass every night. And if there was one story that I can take away, uh, from the Primitivo, the story that I love the most is in, in the evenings when you would go to mass to see the other pilgrims limping in, uh, going to mass. It was just, uh, an amazing thing to witness where they could have been laying on the, their bed or sitting somewhere and drinking uh, something cold to get refreshed, yet the, the, the you know, small churches and that were packed every night with uh, pilgrims coming to play, pay homage or, or to pray for better uh, needs the next day, which I did a few <laughs> times myself. <laughs> you, you talked about uh, the, the Portuguese Camino angels you met and them being able to, to book your accommodation and made that aspect of it easily or easier for you. Tell us about mm-hmm. that planning. So did you didn't book ahead. You weren't spreadsheet pilgrims, as I sometimes say, but you, you did you realize once you got there that you really should have booked ahead and, and that was a really necessary part of making sure you got to bed every night? Well, it, uh, the one thing about the Primitivo, like I said, there's uh, if when you start at A, you've got to get to B. There's no in-betweens. Sure. A few but not a lot. So what was nice about this, and another thing I that was different about this uh, Camino is, yes, there's families you make on all the Caminos, and some people stay with them for, for weeks, some for a couple days or whatever it is, but we was able to stay with the same pilgrims just about the whole way because of there was no place in between to stay or stop. A few places, but when you started out of Oviedo, you got to Grotto, and there was nothing maybe in between. So you ran into the same people all the time. And uh, the booking, which I thought was going to be a, a part of my uh, job, uh, the second day when we got uh, we was at Grotto, and I was trying to get reservations for the next day or something along that line, and. Uh, a man in a poncho and a wife, uh, two beautiful people walked in, Manuel and uh, Susanna, and he seen that I had trouble with my Spanish, so he took over for me, and uh, we was able to uh, get a room the next day, and we were uh, able to get a job, uh, a place to stay the next day, and just we started, and we walked with them every day, Brian and I, and they were just wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful people, and like I said, the family was uh, it was about a dozen of us there and we'd always meet up or maybe the, there'd be nine out of the 12 or something, but we all, uh, met up every day. Your friend, Tim, he was, and, and his friend, Al, uh, Al lives about, oh, uh, maybe 60 miles from me. We're going to get together one day for some lunch, uh, when I get some time here and, and Tim, we'd bump into Tim, your friend from Chicago, who was a great guy and gave us all the facts about where to go and where to stay. And he knew everything. He's done about 10 Camino. So he was a great, hope to see him someday again in Chicago. Yeah. So Tim is a friend of mine. I walked out of the church in Santo Domingo, Santo Domingo. And mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't on the Camino. I was there to shoot a video for somewhere along the way. And we okay. were we were in there and I walked out and, and, and there was a man sitting, leaning against the fence and he was sort of shaking his head. And I said, uh, Buen Camino. Peregrino, and he said, oh, Buen Camino. And I said, why are you shaking your head? You look frustrated. He said, oh, my podcast has just finished and I can't think of anything to listen to. And I said, I do a podcast about the Camino. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I then told him about it. I said, you showed him on his phone. Here it is here. Found it for him on Apple Podcasts or whatever. And off he went. I never saw him again. And then three months later, I got an email from him to say, hey, Remember me? And I said, yeah. And he said, I've listened to all of them and I still listen all the time. So yeah, Tim and I keep in contact. He's a beautiful human being, a lovely man. Hey, hey, Carl, how hard did you find it? And and I ask it that 
in that particular fashion because I'll ask Brian the same question. I'm not sure I'll get the same answer. How hard did you find the Primitivo? Well, if all you have to do is uh, uh, go on the any Camino app and say which one is the hardest and uh, in the Primitivo, it, it says it's just very short answer. The Primitivo is the hardest. And it was the hardest for me of all my Caminos, but now maybe being at 72 when I did it in April and May when we did it, I was 72. Maybe that had something to do with it, but it was my most rewarding. I was trying to think of one word that would describe uh, my other Caminos. I came up with freedom. I felt free. But this one here was rewarding. If there was one word that I could describe the Primitivo, because in my opinion, you needed it all to get through it. And it was hard. Uh, it was ups and downs. Even the times where you were leaving a town going up a road, it might have been a paved road, but it was up and up and up and up. It it was just, uh, I didn't take as many pictures as I did on the other Caminos because I was so much focused on getting to the top or getting to the bottom. And uh, it, it, it was hard. And my first couple Caminos, I... I did a little something and I came up with the phrase that uh, the Camino is not for everybody, but it is for everybody. And uh, I cannot say that about the Primitivo. Not that people that you can't do it. I'm by no means a Superman, but it's, but it's not for everybody. You know, you really have to have uh, something going on in your head to keep pushing you uh, and you're pushing banged up knees anyway, but you don't have a lot of stops in between like the Francais and the Portuguese, but mm. At the, at the end, it's just uh, seeing the same pilgrims day in, day out. And uh, it, it, it meant a lot to keep that family going the whole way. That's that's the most I ever was with a family was uh, the 13 days there I, uh, and prior to my other Camino. So it was hard. And would I do it again? Uh, probably not. The only way I would probably do it again, which is probably never going to happen. But if I knew I was going to have the same family, and we all got on a call one day and said, we're going to meet in Oviedo. Let's do it again. I would. But the chances are that's uh, not going to happen. And I don't look forward to it. If I do another one, which I said to everybody, this would be my last one. Everybody said, no, no, you'll do another one. I said, no, this is my last one. I've done the hardest. I completed it. But now I'm already thinking about going to France <laughs> next year and doing it at La Prix. So it's it's addicting. It's uh, something I've uh, – I thought I was addicted to playing rhythm guitar, but – I guess there's another addiction I have now too. So, but I love it. That's so great. That is so great. You mentioned that you'd walked the Frances, uh, and now you've done the Primitivo. How do the two compare? And and I wonder whether the pilgrims are the same. Are pilgrims the same on both routes, Carl? Well, I'm not an expert to answer that, but I will say there was more middle age that I seen walking the Camino. Uh, there were young people, sure, but I would say the majority was uh, people, men and women, in their 50s or 60s and some older. There was four men from, uh, I don't know if they were from Italy or Spain, but the youngest was 72 and the oldest was 81. Wow. And I couldn't, if I couldn't keep up with them, if I had a moped, they were so in shape. It was, by the time we'd get to where we was going to stay at night, they were already drinking their wine and, and playing cards and giggling. But, uh, but there's not – there are young people, but not like there is on the Francais, I think. And uh, But once it Melinde, if I'm saying it right, Melinde, where you meet up when the Francais meets up with the Primitivo, you've got just everybody of all ages, and it gets quite rambunctious uh, once you just came off the solitary Primitivo. That's another thing about the Primitivo. It's, and the beauty, it, it – uh, I mean, the uh, Francais, all of it is beautiful, sure. But there's nothing when you get high up in the elevations and look down. It is just the beauty up there, uh, and especially the Hospitala route is unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, I just love your enthusiasm for it, Carl, and I'm certain you'll be back next year. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's great, and we, we always stay in touch. And and uh, I said to you before we began. Um, how much I appreciated your support and your prayers and your love and kindness throughout my voice journey. You, you, I would, I would be, you know, thinking at my lowest of low, and then my phone would ping, and I'd look over, and it would be a blessing from Carl, and it would just made, meant the world to me. And I wanted to say thank you. It 
you're very, very kind and beautiful human being, and I very, very much cherish our friendship. Uh, we are going to leave it there for about 20 minutes while I interview Brian, and then I'm going to bring you back into the chat at the end. So, Carl, thank you for this few minutes with us uh, and this chat and t talking us through the Camino Primitivo. Let me talk to Brian, and then I'll come back to you in a minute. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Let's go now to Brian Danker, a retired police officer from San Francisco, a very dear and close friend of mine. This was Brian's second Camino. Brian, welcome, Pilgrim. Hey, thank you, Dan. It's so, so good to have you back. Oh, it's a pleasure. I, I really love it. I love it. And uh, it's a, just a great part of my week when I sit down and talk to Pilgrims. I just love it. Okay. How was it? The Camino Primitivo. How was it? Okay. So... Best way to describe it is the uh, the primitivo is like the cowboy uh, spaghetti western, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, <laughs> I have I have good stories, I have bad stories, and I have ugly. Um, I think the the first you know the first part of the primitivo is uh, uh, the adventure of getting from Madrid up to Oviedo, and um, Carl and I got a little stressed out with uh, uh, Air France Airlines because they lost my luggage, uh, lost my backpack, because um, I had to put my backpack into uh, uh, lower the plane because of my hiking poles that I was determined to take with me because I used those hiking poles when I did the Francais in 2017. So uh, uh, there goes my backpack, which has all my meds in it. I had my passport on me. Had my wallet. I was, you know, I was safe that way. But there goes my backpack. So uh, after a little bit of drama, and 22 hours later, they located it for me, and it was delivered to the uh, uh, lost luggage department in the Madrid airport. Then Carl and I, uh, it it screwed us up for one night, and but we still caught up to our schedule. Then the and the schedule we were on was your original 13-day schedule. So um, we had gotten uh, into Oviedo, stayed in a, checked in a hotel, and that that turned into a comedy of errors. The hotel booked us two grown men on a one single bed, uh, and and that did not work. So. So much um, uh, dirty looks to the uh, hotel desk uh, girl. She called, made some phone calls, and she found another hotel down the block that would house me and Carl stayed at the original hotel. So the next morning, um, with the backpack from the airport, and we're back in Oviedo, um, uh, we uh, start walking, and I walk by this taxi cab, this uh, young girl, I was driving, and I just said, um, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I said, how much would it cost to uh, get a ride from here to Guado? So she says, uh, 33 euros. And I said, well, how about this? See this backpack? Can you, can you take this backpack for 33 euros to uh, Guado? And, um, and I'll pay you the 33 euro. And she says, sure. So just... I was so happy about that. I gave her 40 euros and, and she was elated and off, off we went with a, a day pack on my back and Carl had his um, full pack on his back and um, not to feel sorry for myself, um, even though I was um, two months before taking off on the Primitivo, I had my uh, second bout of COVID and I was out of shape. I was uh, overweight. I can see in some of the pictures I get myself. I'm walking around with a gut, and um, and I was I was fatigued real easy. So uh, um, that's why I had no problem with sending my backpack backpack off to Guado. So Guado was 25k the first day, and it was very very grueling. Um, but the but the conditioning that I should have had I didn't have. And uh, that caused uh, a lot of stress just on my body. But Carl and I hit it off 
really good and and he was uh sympathetic to uh to the way i was feeling then um um uh, in grotto became the really good part of the whole camino and that is we met for the first time all of our uh fellow pilgrims that we were going to be with for the entire um primitivo because there was no um there was there was no way of getting out of not seeing these people every day because the primitivo uh puts you in a position where there's only major towns to get to and nothing in between so you can't say i'm going to take an easy day today and uh and not um and not do a full 20k or 25k there's there's nothing in between there's either a or b there's no a and a half or um or you know just what i'm trying to say is is uh you're out of luck if you think you can take a break and take it easier in, in easier stages um so at this um this uh a burgay in guado we met sitting at this table uh, with us um um manuel and susanna from uh portugal susanna was it was confusing susanna had a german accent and manuel had a a, a perfect good, good english uh accent but uh he was born and raised in in portugal she's originally from germany uh they both were in the medical field they were working at the same hospital they fell in love they've been married 22 years they had three kids and and this is their vacation doing the primitivo and they they were devout catholics and um and then there was uh rebecca from uh rebecca was from england but she lived um in spain and she was a uh what's the word for um uh, uh something nurse that the, the word used for uh the nurse that helps a, a woman give birth to a baby a midwife uh, a midwife yes midwife so uh there was rebecca there was manuel susanna there was um uh a friend from um uh from um uh from italy there was another guy from korea uh are you still online yeah 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 okay yeah i touched the phone i, I got nervous for a second so uh so we we meet these folks and we had a great dinner and then off in the morning uh rainy morning i remember it like it was yesterday uh and then we started doing our our hike to the next next location which i believe was solace and uh it's s-a-l-a-s and that was a, a 22k 22k hike and but not as grueling as that first hike going to grotto so um we bonded with these folks. We had a great time, great conversation. And then every day, except for one, when we walked out of our burgay, there was a hill right in front of us. There was no, no uh, rolling, rolling pastures like the Maceta. There was every single day you felt like you were in the Pyrenees coming out of St. Jean trying to get to uh, Orson or, or Roncesvalles. It was just that tough every day. And um, I think the town of Lugo was the only time we walked out of the Abergue and it was downhill for about two hours. And then, then the hills began again. And that was just to get out of the town and the, the suburban area of Lugo. But um, um, let's see, I, I hurt my ankle bad enough to where when I got home, the doctor said I had a stress fracture. Um, I, I uh, nursed it all the way through, or you know, like halfway through the the primitivo. I had to, you know, um, use a ace bandage and and uh, and this medicine to uh, stop the pain. But I was uh, like a, a sab, um, a lotion that I had to put on my feet to uh, try to stop the pain. So it was, uh, it was, um, yeah, it was. The, there was the good, the bad, you know, being injured. Then there was the ugly. The ugly was, uh, I got to put this word out. So there, there's this hotel in Lugo. And we all were like trying to find uh, the place that we all were going to stay together. That was our 
our um, our downfall in a way because we all were determined. There was six of us, and we all were determined every night that we wanted to be in the same place. So we find this place in Lugo, which had uh, little pods, and it was interesting. I'd never been in a place that had pods before, and people were saying this is what it's like in Japan. And I said, fine, great. So we um, we uh, went out to dinner. Beautiful town. Had a great dinner. Uh, turns out nobody told us there was a discotheque on the first floor, and they played a beating uh, rhythm of uh, bass sound till five a.m. in the morning. No. And, yeah, and then there was <laughs> then uh, one of the guys in our group uh, who was down a different hallway from us. Uh, he was relating a story to us at breakfast the next morning that he had two hookers on his floor. And one of the clues is both hookers had ankle bracelets on because um, they're on probation or something. So we had that. And then there was, uh, you know, Spaniards from Madrid that came up on bicycles. There was uh, other uh, pilgrims. Then there was our group. So nobody was like saying anything positive about that one hotel. <laughs> but that, that's, that was the ugly part. And then, uh, um, Twice, I uh, um, sadly had to say my ankle was killing me so much that I got a ride on to the next next point, and and I, I ditched the group and waited for the group till I got until they got there. And uh, um, one time I felt so guilty about doing that that I I went and bought like ten bottles of water and got back on the trail without a ruck backpack on, and I walked like two miles towards them just so I can meet them and give them a, the bottles of water because I, I needed to redeem myself in some way of uh, my wimp for wimping out. So, uh, and then, then uh, there's a comedy uh, of errors that I had one night while feeling my own self pity, uh, laying in bed, hurting, uh, tired, exhausted. I wrote a, uh, uh, a comedic, to my opinion, was a comedic essay on what I thought of the Primitivo. And I said in the uh, essay, when I get home to the States and I find somebody I don't like, I mean, I really don't like, I'm going to tell them to do the Primitivo. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell them wear new shoes and a heavy backpack, no problem. And, and they'll get through it, no problem. So um, in writing that, um, I also ended it with the final insult, which didn't go over good in Spain. I said, and I don't really prefer the, the Spanish beers, but I do love uh, a cold draft beer every night. Now, that's the same beer. It's just one's in a bottle, one's out of the tap in a draft. But that was like a, a sin, a mortal sin for saying that, because how dare you insult Spanish beer? So anyway... Uh, that was my comedic, my comedic take on uh, um, my comedic essay, and um, uh, complaining about you know the parts of the primitivo are are run down, and I know that it, it, it's different um, areas of uh, government that are responsible for care of the of the camino, and it's obvious that uh, they've had a fire, um, they've had a really rough few years in the Primitivo region of Spain and uh, it's just the, the roads were uh, or the trails were um, filled with uh, rocks that were um, not a not a safe path mm. for your it was really easy to get injured and I did get injured so that that was kind of sad and it was as we got closer to Galicia and towards Santiago the uh, care of the signs the uh, care of the trails um everything changed um to uh better better conditions oh there was one town we walked into named tino t-i-n-o and um every other building in this town looked like it needed to be red tagged that you know unlivable uh, conditions but in the town square as we first get into the town square we see uh, the city municipal building looked okay. Across from the town square was four or five buildings that obviously need to be red tagged. But the the building that we're walking towards 
is literally a five-star hotel. And, and uh, I, I, I thought it was the best. It was, it was uh, they had jacuzzis, they had hot tubs, they had, um, well, that's a hot tub, um, uh, saunas, um, big queen beds um, for double, you know, in a room for, because every room that we stayed in practically, Carl and I was, you know, either twin beds or in this case it was two big queen beds. Um, it was, it was five star. It was beautiful. And I, I had no problem at all um, whipping out the credit card for that. Um, but there's, I'm very, I'm very happy I did it. I'm very proud of myself that I did it. Um, did I suffer during it? Yes. Was the 13 days schedule too tight for a 71 year old guy to be mandated to because that was our schedule? Yeah, I, I think there was. It was too tight. It was like we were on the front side. There's so much room of give and take of uh, uh, you don't have to stay at this burger. You can go on to the next or uh, you can stay in one town halfway through the day. And, you know, you could break it up easier, easier. But um, on the Primitivo, you're uh, you're committed. And uh, I would I would recommend it, but only to people that are in very, very good shape. That's that's the best way I would recommend it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I, I, the main thing I enjoyed was our cast of characters of the fellow pilgrims. I, I, uh, um, I was so happy with uh, Manuel and, and his wife, Susanna, that um, like we, Carl and I had planned during, before getting on the Comitivo, that we were going to uh, take a lot of photographs and use my GoPro and do like, little vignette filming um, of the Primitivo. But when talking with Carl about reviewing that thing that we didn't do, um, he pointed out that we didn't have time for that. It was grueling. It was strenuous. It was, you kind of keep your focus on your conditioning, your, your footing. Um, you don't want to screw up and get hurt like I did. And um, um, even though we were in, some really beautiful vistas. Uh, you see beautiful farmland in the distance, um, especially the part where there's a dam called the Grand Saline. And when we're in the mountains above that, um, it, it was it was beautiful. But again, we were so fatigued um, that being like uh, um, film editors and trying to do a really nice nice. Uh, um, story with cameras uh it didn't take uh, i ended up giving my gopro as a gift to uh manuel because i appreciated his, him and his wife they stuck with me because i was limping really bad in the last three days before the uh the primitivo ended and uh when we when we walked into the square together um i mean they stuck with me all the way they could have easily ditched me and gone on ahead but they stuck with me all the way to the square and they, they, matter of fact, jumped ahead of me by about 10 feet. And they took that, that picture of me taking a step off the last step from the tunnel where the bagpiper is onto the square. And, and they, they photographed me just as I was doing that. And um, I can say when I was in the square with them, I had a lot of tears in my eyes because of the accomplishment of having it over with. But, yeah, so like I said, there was the good, the bad, and there was the ugly. Fantastic. Oh, Brian, that's such a great summary. I really love it. Let's bring Carl back into the conversation. As I said at the top of the podcast, friendship is so weird. You just pick a human you've met and you're like, "Mm, yeah, I like this one. And you just do stuff with them. Carl, let me ask you, you two walked Camino Primitivo together. Are you still friends? Well, we were probably closer than we've ever been before. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't think we could get closer. Uh, we had a nice long ride up to London to see you that time. And we kind of went over the whole alphabet on uh, things we've done in our life and things we didn't do and things we didn't want to do. But this Primitivo, we were together each day and we bunked together. We were like old uh, uh, vets back in the big one. And it was really enjoyable. And uh, I would do it again in a minute with Brian uh, as long as he bought the the baby wool 
So it was. Uh, <laughs> so Brian, let me ask you a question. Did you you yeah. you did it tough, and you told us how the good, bad, and the ugly. Did you do a lot of complaining? Um, I think probably I did. I did probably Carl. Carl gets uh, points in heaven for that putting up with my complaining. I think yes. I I have to admit that I don't know what I was complaining about at what point in time, but yes. Uh, there there you go. I'm, an honest answer from an honest man. <laughs> and and Carl. Brian received some pretty brutal feedback on his social media message. We've talked about it, in, and he was saying it was a comedic message, but he posted it while on the Camino, saying that no one should walk the Primitivo. It only, you know, what? How was he reacting to that feedback at the time? What What did you see? Well, at, at first he couldn't believe it, uh, and then second he was saying they're taking it the wrong way. Well, I said, Brian, it's kind of late now. You've got about 500 people that want to <laughs> come to California and find you, you know, and uh, I don't know if any of them have found them as yet, but uh, I'll be there. I'll have your back if they come, Brian. Just give me a call. <laughs> you, you can you can talk at the deposition when the, uh, the coroner's inquest. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. coroner's inquest. So, but Brian, with you you mentioned that you did yourself an injury and it, it wasn't actually until you came home that you went to see the doctor and they assessed that you had a hairline fracture in your ankle. Yes. Do you remember doing the injury? Like, do you remember what what happened or, or was it or was it just simply a fracture because of the difficulty of the terrain? I, th- I just think one, one evening when we were bunking down, I took my shoe and sock off and I said, hey, Carl, look at this. And my ankle was all swollen. And from there, uh, you know, we went to uh, a pharmacy the next day, uh, got the sab, uh, got the wrap. Um, and then, like, I'm, I have a picture of myself in the square in front of the cathedral, and I still have that wrap on my, my foot. And it was just, um, you know, like, there's an expression, like, when you have a, an injury, it's okay until you bump it or you, 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 uh, you, uh, pointed out in some way and there was a few times i smarted myself by uh twisting my ankle the wrong way and my ankle told me oh you know you have a bad injury here so uh there was a little bit of that and then susanna and and manuel being in the medical field you know they uh they they looked at my ankle and they were uh, uh concerned and you know a few times they wanted me to just cancel the whole thing and i was like no i ain't doing that I uh, got too much uh, dumb pride here, so um, <laughs> I got to do it. Well, you know, uh, talking about a Camino Angel, if you remember, he uh, rubbed your foot one night, and even though we're close, I probably wouldn't have rubbed your foot as he did. So <laughs> he was he was quite the guy, quite the guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Carl, I told Dan I was going through the list of names, and, and I remembered Rebecca Manuel, Susanna, Roberto and Lee, and then I was telling about, you know, our cast of characters, how from mm-hmm. Guado all the way on to Santiago, it was right. the same characters. And then, right. of course, we had this one guy um, from uh, Germany, and his name was... Uh, Stefan. Uh, Stefan. Yeah. And Stefan, when one day I'm engaged in conversation, and I said, uh, what part of Germany are you from? And he goes, I'm from East Germany. And I go... Oh wait a minute, Stefan. Germany's united now. Why are you using that term? And he said, "No, uh, Germany is united, but economically, it's not. People in East Germany are still um, uh, far, far away from having the economic blessings that the people in West Germany have." And he still identified himself as that. And and uh, but said this guy was a big brute of a guy. He looked like he could be a mafia uh, hitman and. In any movie, but he had—he was the sweetest guy ever. Just yeah, heart of gold, heart of gold, heart of gold. I don't know how the time's going, Dan, but I just got to slip in one story. Uh, yeah. In the town of the, the in the town of Tiento, uh, we stayed in a pretty nice place, and we all gathered in the evening <laughs> down for uh, the usual. And uh, there was a young Spanish uh, guy that was. Uh, singing to these two or three Spanish ladies and having a pretty good time. And he just kept riding that A minor and A minor and singing in Spanish. And uh, the boys got around and they wanted me to play 
this song they'd heard before. And I said, okay, I'll play it. So I had to go over in my brutal Spanish while this guy was wooing three girls to try to get the guitar off him, which was the only way he was wooing them. But he finally gave in and uh, I brought the guitar back and Tim uh, videoed it. uh, And uh, we played somewhere along the way. But the amazing thing about it, after doing a few courses, the Spanish guy that couldn't speak English came over with his uh, two or three girlfriends and sang the chorus with us. So that was great uh, that, that he was singing uh, somewhere along the way with us. So that's that was one of the highlights also of my trip. It there. was it was one of the highlights because then in the fatigue and factor and, you know, trying to get get to the next location, uh, we weren't blessed with availability of any one time. Carl found an old guitar in one of the little places we stopped, but it was a piece of junk. And couldn't get it tuned at all. And then <laughs> that night, that night at Tino, um, it was memorable. It was, a, it was a sweet moment to play, hear your song, and and um, and try to. You know, oh, so I I was trying to to uh, <laughs> educate our cast of characters um, about this guy Dan Mullins and this podcast that he has, and how it motivated me to uh, always be want to be connected with the Camino and and Dan's a friend of mine and, and he lives in Australia and and it was like it was a struggle for me to um to uh educate these non-believers <laughs> um I don't know if I got, got any converts out of it but uh I did I was trying to talk and I was shocked in a way I was I was disappointed that people um, didn't know what I was talking about, and and I, I get frustrated when I'm trying to bring up a point, and that point is falling on deaf ears. But that's very kind uh, of you, Brian. Well, you you tried. That's all that counts, Brian. You did try, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, that's very kind of you. So, Carl, would you recommend the Camino Primitivo? Uh, not not for a first timer. Uh, like I said, uh, a first timer or some of the Francais or some of the Portuguese, I don't know anything about the Norte, but, uh, now there are people that do it for the first time, uh, and they're fine. I mean, there's going to be struggles on all the Caminos, uh, whether you're in shape or not in shape. Uh, but the Primitivo, the ups and downs, uh, I am very fortunate that I did it. I'm proud that I did it, uh. And uh, like I said, it was uh, the favorite of all my Caminos uh, because you had to use everything about you, your mental, physical and spiritual uh, grit to get through every day because it was you couldn't just be physical and and get through it. You had that mind, which I never used much on the other Caminos. But this one here, you had to keep telling yourself it's you're going to get to the top and you're going to get to the bottom. And you had to watch your steps so much on and you had to really be uh, careful because you thought a lot about like Brian probably did twisting an ankle because it it wasn't that you was walking on a nice towpath in England you were walking on some rough rough the roughest paths I'd ever walked in and including where Brian and I walked years ago but it was uh, for a first timer I would I would do uh, I wouldn't do Saria in that's uh, I wouldn't do that but I'd do something of the Francais or uh, something of the Portuguese, but uh, not the Primitivo. And, and it doesn't matter what shape you're in. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a tough walk, but I'm certainly proud. And I think Brian is too, that we did the, the tough yeah. route. Yeah. So what about you, Brian? You talked about the good, the bad and the ugly. Would you recommend the Primitivo? Uh, just like what Carl said, carbon copy of what he said, no to a beginner. No. Or unless it's a, um, a really fit uh, man or woman that uh, <laughs> knows their uh, knows their abilities for being in the out outback or outdoors. Um, no, not to the average person. Um, it just uh, it's, it's too rough. Uh, well, but that's from a seventy-one-year-old <laughs> person's point of view. Well, we're average, ain't we, Brian? I, I thought we were average. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we're average. We're average old guys. Yeah, average old guys. average old guys. who have struck up the most remarkable friendship that not only is conducted over the telephone, but you've met up in person a number of times. And I've been fortunate enough to be with you as well when you've caught up. And it's tr- truly magic to see the pair of you 
and the friendship firsthand. And and I, what I haven't mentioned on this particular episode of the podcast is I was supposed to be walking the Camino Primitivo with you, but something came up in my life that prevented me from going and and then something else happened in my life, and so I lost my voice. But now I got my voice back, and you two were the first ones I wanted to speak with. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And, and I'm really pleased, really pleased, that you both made it home safely and were able to return to your beautiful wives. It's a great story, and it's a great friendship. And as I said at the top of the podcast, I'm really proud to have played a small part in creating that friendship. And I I look forward to seeing you both in March when I go to the American Pilgrims on the Camino Annual Gathering in Texas. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And thanks for your love and support through my journey of voice as well, Carl. And Brian, your encouragement and support was amazing. Thanks, fellows. My friends in America, Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Brian. Buen Camino, Dan. Buen Camino. There you are. Brian Denker from California and Carl Sticklemeyer from Pennsylvania. Great human beings, great pilgrims, and great friends. No one knows who said it, but I love it. Friendship is so weird. You just pick a human you've met and you're like, yep, I like this one. And you just do stuff with them. (laughs) How good. Hey, thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Call your life. Somewhere along the way. Try American Pie? No, it's it's, 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 it's